Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Today, we're going to look at the kind of prayers that please God. But before we do that, I want to give you a brief recap on what we talked about last Sunday, or rather the Sunday before last, as uh, some of you may not have been part of that. Last time we were together, I taught on the subject of storing up treasures in heaven, as Jesus instructed us to do, by setting our minds and our affection on things above and not on things on the earth. The way we store up treasure in heaven is by nurturing and developing our faith to such an extent where we can get hold of God at any time, anywhere, and meet any need as it presents itself. Not just our own personal needs, but the needs of other people, especially those who are in the sphere of our influence. You remember that? Yes. Yes. I see someone coming. Actually, two people. Elise? Can you... Can you please tell me who is joining us? Hi. Hello, Jakey. Hello, Victoria. Right. Now, remember, the question that I answered for you last week was, how do we store up treasures in heaven? Remember that? And the answer was, by developing our faith to such an extent where we can get hold of God and His resources at any time, anywhere, or any need that may arise. Now that kind of a person is a wealthy person. Because when you can get hold of God through your faith, then you can meet any need that it presents itself before you. Someone is sick, you can minister healing to them. Someone is in trouble, in need of wisdom, you can call upon God to release the word of wisdom or the word of encouragement and minister to that person. Amen? Amen. Now, prayer is a necessary component in nurturing and developing our faith. Prayer is the means by which we exercise our faith in God and through it, make the resources of heaven available here on earth. Would you say amen to that? Amen. It is through prayer, the prayer of faith, that we get hold of God and bring heaven into the earth. Today, we will study the subject of praying the kind of prayers that please our Heavenly Father. So go, go with me, please, to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 
We're going to read verse 18 and verse 19, and the book of Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. And Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Let's begin with with Ephesians. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy. Now these are the words of the Apostle Paul. He was a praying servant of the Lord. He constantly and continually prayed for the people that they were associated with him in various churches all across Asia Minor. Now because prayer plays such an important role in our walk with God, I want us to particularly focus at this time on the prayer of petition. I want us to focus at this time on the prayer of petition. Now the prayer of petition is a prayer that includes personal needs as well as the needs of others. It's called a prayer of petition. Prayers of petition are also known in the scriptures as prayers of supplication. So when we speak about supplication or petition, we are actually speaking about the same kind of prayer. Now, prayers of petition intended for others are also known as prayers of intercession. Prayers of intercession. When you are petitioning God on behalf of someone else, comes under the category of the prayer of intercession. Paul writing to Timothy, he admonishes him with these words from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I want us to look at these verses of Scripture. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Translation. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Listen to what Paul says concerning this matter of prayers of petition, prayers of intercession or supplication. He says, first of all, notice the words, first of all, I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered 
on behalf of all men. Notice the words that he uses. Petitions, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be offered on behalf of all men. And then he goes on to say, for kings and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life, and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. For such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior. What are we talking about? The kind of prayers that please our Heavenly Father. And notice what Paul instructs his son in the faith, Timothy. He says, first of all, in other words, before you pray for yourself, before you pray for your family, before you pray for your loved ones, this is what you do first of all. What should we do? Giving thanks on behalf of all men, especially for all who are in positions of authority and high responsibility. Why do you think Paul says to Timothy, this is what you need to do first of all? Anyone? Because if we pray for those of high responsibility and places of authority, we're going to receive the benefit by leading a quiet and a peaceable life that is free from conflict, from strife, from financial uh, recessions, as well as the turmoil of war and conflict. Notice what's happening in the Middle East and the shaking and the uproar that is taking place in some of those nations. There is no peace. People are dying every day. Children are starving. There's bloodshed every single day. In an atmosphere such as that, it is very difficult for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed. Are you with me? So he says, first of all, pray for those in authority. Pray for your president. Give thanks to God for him. Ask the Lord to give them spirit of wisdom and revelation for all those in places of authority, in the judicial system, in the justice system, in the educational system, in, in every sphere of governing. Pray that those people, because the decisions they make affect each and every single one of us. Would you say amen to that? Amen. When the church is silent regarding these matters, that is when evil, evil goes unrestrained. And listen, we are the ones that have the authority. 
not the politicians. We are the ones who have solutions and answers to today's problems. Jesus Christ is the answer to every human cry and every human problem. Amen? Thank you, Nikki. Somebody agrees with me. So when we refer, therefore, to the prayers of petition, we include supplication and intercession. And in the above verses of Scripture we just read, we clearly see that God is well pleased with such prayers. We are to offer these petitions, and we are to give thanks to God on behalf of all men. We may not like what we see on the news, but if the news bulletins are the only source of information you receive, then that's a very poor information. Amen. So the reason being that we should pray first of all for all who are in authority is as I have said that we may lead a quiet and undisturbed life in all godliness and reverence. Now, the prayer or the purpose of the prayers of petition primarily is to bring heaven to earth. I want to say that again. The primary purpose of the prayers of petition supplication and intercession is to bring heaven's presence here on earth and thus glorify our heavenly Father by establishing through our prayers the influence of His kingdom here on earth. Now, I may say, I may say something that's going to shock you, but bear with me. Don't, don't choke on it. Here it is. Jesus came to earth, died on the cross, and was raised again from the dead on the third day, so that not just that we could go to heaven, although that's part of it, but also to bring heaven here on earth. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Yes, one day we're going to go to heaven, but earth is our final destination, not heaven. Because we're going to come back with the Lord on the earth, and we're going to rule and reign with Him forever. Amen. Are you there? So Jesus died... So, not so that we could just get into heaven, but that we could bring heaven here on earth. That's how the book of Revelation closes. Read the book. You get the picture. Earth is our final destination. We're going to end up here. New earth and new heavens. Now, Remember how Jesus taught us to pray? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what's the purpose of the prayer of petition, the prayer of supplication, 
the prayer of intercession, it is to bring the kingdom of God, the will of God, to be done here on earth. And He's given us the privilege and the tool of prayer so that we could do that through our faith. Amen. 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 Now, I, I personally believe that God is more concerned about bringing heaven into the earth rather than us going to heaven. You know, heaven is in a good place. There is no conflict there. There is no sickness there. There is no pain there. There are no tears there. There is no bloodshed there. Earth is in a mess. And desperately need the presence and the influence of heaven. Amen? Amen. Do you believe that heaven is doing fine? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now my purpose today, and the purpose of my message and teaching, is to challenge our prayer life, as well as the kind of prayers we pray. What are we asking God for? Through the privilege of prayer, the Lord Jesus has given us the authority in His name to ask the Father and receive from Him whatever we desire. Amen? Amen. Our desires, though, need to line up with the Word of God. He's given us the authority, the privilege, the honor of approaching the throne of God, asking whatever we desire, and in the name of Jesus, He will give it to us, provided our desires are aligned with His Word, with His desires, and with His will. Amen? Amen. Listen carefully and read with me what Jesus said in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. The Gospel according to St. John, verses 7 and 8. Jesus said, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Notice what Jesus said, please. He said, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what? Anything. Whatever you desire. Anything you desire. And it will be done for you. That way, my Father is glorified as you bear much fruit. Now, Jesus is speaking here about prayer fruit. The fruit that abounds through answered prayer. When our prayers are answered, our Heavenly Father is glorified. Amen. 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 
Now, the prayers that please God are the kind of prayers that are inspired and initiated by the Word of God through us. They are the kind of prayers that are motivated, inspired, or initiated by the Word of God working through us. Because Jesus said, If my words abide in you, then you will ask whatever you desire. So who's doing the asking? You or the Word of God? The Word in you is asking the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. That kind of prayer pleases God extremely and will always receive a positive response. Amen. 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 Now these kind of prayers are always answered and they bear much fruit. Jesus went on to say again, In John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 24, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive in my name, that your joy may be full. Now notice what Jesus said. Oh, welcome, Peter. Rather late than never. Now, notice what Jesus said. He said, ask in my name. Now, many believers pray all kinds of prayers, and at the end, they just add the name of Jesus, and they think that's something magical, and God is going to respond immediately. What does it mean to ask in the name of Jesus? To ask in the name of Jesus means that you ask for things that Jesus would ask the Father for. Did you get that? To ask in the name of Jesus means that you ask for things that Jesus would ask for. It means you ask for things that his name and his nature would agree with and fully support. Can you say amen to that? Amen. It is like you are praying in the stead of Jesus. Jesus is praying through you. Asking the Father and receiving from the Father. Now, Many in the church world have abused this scripture and misused it by asking for things that Jesus would never ask for. I want you to think about this because it's important. It's deep. The Lord does not answer every prayer except the prayer that is offered in faith and the prayer that is in accordance with His will and with His nature. Can I get an Amen? Amen. 
Gypsum, you're too quiet over there. All right. Now, let's look at a verse of Scripture from 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. A very uh, important and revealing Scripture when it comes to praying and to the prayer of petition or the prayer of supplication and intercession. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. This is what it says. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Now let's examine the above verses of Scripture and look at them closely. Notice what the Word says. This is the confidence that we have in the Lord. What is that confidence? The confidence that we have is that if we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears that prayer. Am I right? Now, if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, according to His will, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Therefore, we can rejoice, we can give thanks long before we see the manifestation or the answer of those prayers. Why? Because we have the confidence that because we asked in according to His will, He heard our prayer, and if we know that He heard our prayer, then we know that we have exactly what we asked for. Amen. Now this should make the prayer warriors very happy and rejoicing. We don't have to see the answer before we believe. Amen? We don't have to see the answer before we decree and declare that we have our petitions. Hallelujah. Sorry, Marie. Yes, there were four amens in gypsum, but I didn't hear any. I'll take your word for it. All right. Let's go on. The Lord has encouraged us over and over again to ask, to petition, and to make requests in His name, assuring us that He will respond favorably. Now, let me ask a question. How do we respond to such an invitation from the Lord? Are we excited about it? Have we entered into this wonderful realm in the Spirit where we freely ask the Father and receive from Him? Do you often see answers to your prayers? Can you say 
with assurance that what is happening or taking place right now in your sphere of influence is a direct result of your faithful prayers? Amen. These are some of the questions we need to ask. Have we entered into that realm where we freely ask the Father, we receive from Him, we praise Him, we thank Him? Do we see evidence that what is taking place in our lives and in our sphere of influence is a direct result in answer to our prayers? Brother Kenneth Hagin said once that if I am praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I don't see any results ever, then I change the way I pray. Amen? Amen. Now, if we exercise this right in prayer and pray wisely and intelligently, we will see much fruit resulting from this wonderful privilege of prayer. Jesus encouraged us by saying, Ask the Father in my name, whatever you will, and He will give it to you. What would your request be? What would your petition be? How would you respond to this challenge that that the Lord Jesus threw there at us and said, Ask the Father. And you will receive that your joy may be full. Now someone from the crowd, as Jesus was ministering, he called out and he said, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Do you know how Jesus responded to that request? Yes, he said in Luke 12, verse 14 and 15, Man, he said, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Now, on the surface, there's nothing wrong with a man's request. But the Lord looked into this man's heart and he saw the motives behind his request. And this man's request or petition was motivated by greed and by covetousness. And Jesus took that opportunity to teach his disciples about the dangers of covetousness. And let me say one more thing. Because this man's heart was not in the right place, but in the wrong place, he asked for the wrong things. Are you listening to me? Yes. Many are asking God for many things. But you know what? If your heart is in the wrong place, your motives are wrong, your requests will be wrong, and your petitions will be wrong. Am I right? Right. To guard ourselves from 
being disappointed with unanswered prayers, we've got to get our heart in the right place. Amen? We've got to align our heart and our soul and our mind with the will of God, with the Word of God, and with the kingdom of God's interests. Are you with me? Now, we can only do that if our hearts, our affection, and our minds are focused on the right person in the right place. And Colossians chapter 3 tells us how to do that. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. We've looked at this verse of Scripture two weeks ago. I'm reading from the Amplified, the book of Colossians, chapter 3. I want you to read this verses of Scripture with me. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, sharing in His resurrection from the dead, keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. And so what do I take from this verse of Scripture? That I must learn to live life here on earth with an eternal perspective. Focusing even in my prayers and petitions and requests of the Lord, focusing on far more important things than the things which perish with time and use. Are you with me? Now, does that mean that we cannot pray for things that pertain to our daily needs? Of course we can. Jesus taught us how to do that. In the prayer that he taught his disciples, he taught them to pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. But notice that this request comes after the petition for your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you noticed that? God first, the kingdom first. The will of God first. Then we can pray for our daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Are you with me? That doesn't mean that we cannot pray and petition God for our daily needs. 
But there is more to prayer than just that. Focusing on our own needs, on our own desires, or our own selves, and not go beyond that barrier of self. We are a kingdom people. And we should have a kingdom mindset. Our first priority is to extend and establish the influence of God's kingdom in our sphere of influence. And the primary way we do that is first of all through the prayers of petitions, supplication and intercessions. Amen. Amen. Now, I heard someone say this, that they took a statistic in the 50s and 60s, or even before that in the United States. 80% of the prayer requests of the church were concerning the salvation of the loved ones or family members. Today, the statistics show that 80% of the prayer requests of the people of God are centered around, bless me financially, bless me physically, heal my body, but very last is the request for the salvation of our loved ones. That's a serious indictment against the church. Would you say amen to that? Now, many years ago, when I first got born again, I was reading the biography of a very dear saint who prayed a prayer that touched my heart so deeply that I was inspired to pray the same way. Very short prayer, very simple prayer, but it went something like this, Lord, give me the love that leads the way the hope that nothing can dismay, and the faith that no disappointments tire. And then he went on to pray this way. Let me have God or nothing. Let me know Him and His will and what will please Him and how I may come to enjoy Him, or would I never had an understanding to know anything. This person was sold out to God. Spirit, soul, and body. This man's prayer request was birthed out of a deep desire to know God intimately, to know His ways more and more, and to come to the place where his walk with God was one of ultimate joy and pleasure in serving the Lord. Now, most believers' prayers today, by and large, and I say that fearfully without pointing fingers on anyone in particular, have become selfish and self-centered. They are stained with selfishness. They are motivated by greed, selfish ambitions, worldly desires to succeed in the eyes of the world rather than be found faithful in doing the will of God in their lives whatever that will may be or wherever that will may take them. Amen. 
Amen. And following the will of God is not always gain. You may be called upon to suffer loss. Paul said, I have suffered the loss of all things for the knowledge and the excellency of the knowledge of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And it's not an easy thing to do. But through the grace of God, remember, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Amen. Some people have these huge, huge dreams, but they don't want to do the little things and be found faithful in the little things that God has called them to. And if you're unfaithful in the little things, who is going to commit to you the great things? Hello? Amen. You can't say amen, say, oh me. Lord help me. Now, in the book of James, James rebukes the worldly-minded believers because they were praying and asking the Lord, asking God for the wrong things in order to satisfy the worldly pleasures. Have you ever read that in the scriptures? Can anyone tell me where that is? James rebuked the worldly-minded believers because they were praying and asking for the wrong things in order to satisfy their own worldly pleasures. It's found in James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Remember, I'm teaching you the whole counsel of God today. This is the truth. Some things are not pleasant to hear, but nevertheless, we must open our hearts and embrace the truth so that the truth can set us free. Amen. James chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Listen to what James says to believers. He's not writing to the world. He's not writing to the sinners. He's writing to the believers. And he says to them, You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. When you live so close to the world's values, to the world's mannerisms, to the world's principles, your prayers, your requests, your petitions will be worldly, selfish, and self-centered because that's what the world is like that's what the sinner is like 
Amen? Amen. Now, we can locate ourselves, I believe, as well as our spiritual condition, by the kinds of prayers we pray and by the kind of things that we petition God for. Would you agree with me? You can locate your spiritual vitality and health, your spiritual condition, by the kind of prayers that you pray, the kind of petitions and requests you're making from God the Father in the name of Jesus. I ask the question often to myself, what is the passion of my heart? What am I passionate about? What are my deepest desires? You know, many years ago, I was only a few months old in the Lord. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was sitting in church Sunday after Sunday, and my heart was troubled. My heart was broken over the lost state of my country fellow men in the city and in the town where I was living. And while the pastor was preaching, I could see myself going after them, praying for them, longing that they may come to the knowledge of the truth. And if Anna is listening today, she can bear witness. There was a desire... Are you there, Anna? There was a desire in my heart to see my country fellow men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I was not a preacher. I was not a pastor. I was just a businessman like most of you are today. But my heart was broken and troubled. It was my deepest desire. It was the passion of my heart to see them saved. And this passion, the only thing I could release it was on my knees in prayer. Most of my time was taken up by praying for them, longing to minister the Word of God to them. And this, this prayers took me from one city to the next, from one location to the next, from one country to the next, simply because of this burning desire to see them saved. Let me ask you this. How much passion do you have for lost souls? And how is that passion expressed in your prayer life? When you, are, when you are praying, when you're making petitions, when you prayed for your family, do you go any further about people that you know? They are in your circle of influence. They're not saved. They live in darkness. How are you praying? How are you agonizing for those people to come to the knowledge of the truth? That is Jesus' mission. That is His desire. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And He encouraged us to pray and He said, The, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. 
Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest fields. What's he talking about? And then he commissioned them, sending them two by two in every village, in every city, in every town. He says, go, and as you go, preach the good news, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Amen? Amen. So, we, we must come to that place where we ask ourselves, what am I passionate about? What are my deepest desires? And then translate those desires and that passion into prayer and petition and supplication and intercession, praying for the people who are in your circle of influence. That's how the kingdom of God grows. Plant the seed. You may not see the full fruit, but the Bible says one plants the other waters, but God gives the increase. We cannot sit and remain idle. We must engage with God. We must engage on behalf of the sinner. We must engage in prayer. We must call upon all that God has placed within us to see even one sinner saved. You know... Leonard Ravenhill, a mighty prophet of God, who was born and raised in England, he passed away, he's with the Lord now. I was reading a book by him entitled, Why Revival Tarries. And he told the story of one who was condemned to die and was being led to the gallows. Behind him was the priest reading from the Bible or from a, from, a, from a prayer book, and he happened to be talking about hell and the fires of hell that await the sinner. And this condemned prisoner, who was going to the gallows, turned around and said to the preacher, Preacher, if I believe what you say you believe, and England was covered in broken glasses, I would crawl from one end to the other just to save one wretched sinner from these eternal fires that you're talking about. Sure. Do we really believe that the eternal fires of hell await every sinner who has not repented? who has not publicly acknowledged the Lordship of Jesus, who is not serving God? Do we really believe that? If we believed what we say we believe, we would be doing much more, praying much more fervently and passionately than we are at this point in time. So I'm going to... I'm going to end it here today. We're going to pick up next week. But I want to say this to you. Worldly Christians pray worldly prayers. Selfish Christians pray selfish prayers. But mature and spiritual Christians pray spiritual prayers that bring glory to God and salvation 
to mankind. Amen. Next week we're going to look at prayers which are pleasing to the Father, having the confidence that not only He will hear such petitions, but also answer them to the glory of His name. I am looking forward to that. We're going to look at the Bible. We're going to look at the Word of God. We're going to look at Scriptures. And we're going to base our teaching and our prayers on the will of God, the Word of God. And allow the Lord to teach us. It is my fervent desire that in this new year, God would take us deeper into the realm of prayer, into the realm of the Spirit, where we begin to take hold of God and shake the very foundations of our loved ones, those that are lukewarm, those that have backslidden, and and shake the very foundations of sinners that are in our sphere of influence and begin to gain ground in bringing them the gospel. I tell you this much, if you pray fervently, God will open the door for you to speak to them. When this, when this, 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 this desire gripped my heart concerning my Greek country fellow in Masvingo, and I was driven to prayer on a daily basis, and I would seek God, and often I would fast, and I would pray and petition, asking God to open the door. And I did that for months, not days, not weeks, months. Ultimately, the Lord opened the door and gave me favor, and I opened my house, and when I've invited them to come, almost every family came to hear the word, except two families. God answered my prayers. And they were given an opportunity to hear the gospel, so that one day they could not say, Lord, I didn't know. So that one day when we meet up on the judgment seat of Christ, they cannot point the finger at me and tell me, Andrea, you did not tell me what you knew. You did not tell me about Jesus. That's why Paul says, I have declared to you the whole counsel of God. My hands are free from the blood of all men. Folks, I want you to pray and ask God to give you a passion for the lost. Amen. After all, the only reason that you were left here when you got born again, you were not taken to heaven, is so that you can touch somebody's life and bring him to Christ and disciple him and mentor him and bless him through the word of God. Let's develop a passion for souls this year that we will pursue that in prayer, and when we begin to pray with fervency and passion, God will respond to our prayers. And these are the type of prayers that extremely bless and please our Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. Could you give us an example of what to pray for when you're praying for someone who's lost? Well, I have a simple prayer here, um, uh, Peter. But Jesus taught us that when we're praying for someone who is lost, 
we need to understand a couple of things. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. You read that? In the book of Corinthians, the God of this world is Satan and he blinds the minds of those who do not believe. So the first thing you do is you break the power of Satan in the name of Jesus over the sinner that you're praying for. Jesus gave us the authority to bind and to loose. So we take authority over that spirit of blindness and we bind it in the name of Jesus. The next thing we do is petition God to send someone in their lives who they are open to to receive the word of God. That's why Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into his harvest. Probably the most, the most um, uh, uh, chances are that you will be the one whom God will send if you're praying for someone. Amen? That's how we pray for the sinner. But I also have a little prayer here which I want to pray and read to you. Uh, it's just a simple prayer of petition. Here it goes. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of coming boldly to the throne of grace in the name of Jesus, my Savior and my Lord. According to, to your word, I'm making my requests known to you, knowing that you already know what I need. Father, I ask that you renew my strength so that I can wait patiently upon you. I ask that you open my ears and that my eyes are opened that I might see, that I might hear, that I may know and understand your word so that I can walk in obedience to your commands and share the gospel with others. I ask you to make me alert, awake, attentive, attentive to your thoughts and ways so that I'm not easily deceived by the enemy. I ask that you help me to be disciplined and a good steward over all that you've entrusted to me for my consumption as well as to bless others and to bless your kingdom and your work here on the earth. Above all, Father, I ask that my family, name them, would receive your Son, if any among within your family, and that includes your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, and you name them, would receive your Son, Jesus Christ, as the Savior and Lord, and they completely surrender their lives to you in full assurance of the atoning blood that He shed on the cross. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of prayer. I pray this with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, Amen. Simple, but word-based. And goes beyond our own requests and our own needs. Amen. Did you get something out of the lesson today?
Did you get something out of the lesson today? Yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. Okay. We're going to close here. Uh, I would like the Gypsum House Church to remain on. But before we do that, I'm going to close in prayer. Somerset West, are you okay over there? Any comments? Any questions? Is your heart stirred about the condition of the lost? About the people that sometimes you see every day, yet they live in darkness and in the shadows of death, and they wait for you. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. The honor you bestowed upon us, giving us a blank check, giving us the authority in the name of Jesus to petition you, Heavenly Father, to make our requests known to you, to supplicate, to intercede on behalf of all men, Thank you for the privilege of answered prayer, Lord, knowing that if we ask anything in accordance with your will, you hear us. And if we know that you hear our prayers, we know that we have the petitions that we have required of you. We thank you today for teaching us how to pray. We thank you for challenging our prayer life today that, Lord, challenging our shallowness, our selfishness, and teaching us to go far and beyond our own needs in our requests and our petitions, so that we may bring heaven onto the earth where you are so desperately needed. We ask you that you would stir our hearts and put the passion for the lost to see the lost saved. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you, Father. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.